Hey friends, it's Jace. Oh yes, it's Char. And you're tuned into Kiss and Tell Radio. enjoying jennifer lewis being our opener she's a gem she's a gem like every week she is on it with some tomfoolery but with a purpose register to vote guys listen today well by the time you all hear this the the hashtag will be under the bridge but it's it's always a pressing matter um october 22nd is the deadline for you to register to vote you guys know that these november midterms our life and death for some of us. And we Listen. really need to turn the tide <laughs> of this nation. So as you heard, Jennifer Lewis and the children of Blackish just so beautifully sing to us. Get that ass on up. Her grandbabies. Register to vote. Mm. You know Great what? intro. Why is the bell behind you? Can you pass me that? Pass me the hookah. I, I, I can't I function. get my neck. Ooh. I can't function. Hold on, y'all. That was a Jace ring, by Jace the way. Just the like first, the first. Bent his body into origami. Right. <laughs> Trying to get this damn bill for sure. Welcome so, to another episode of Kiss and Tell Radio. Oh, yes. I, I hope y'all are enjoying season four because we've been, we've been having a good time. Yes. And before we go any further, let's introduce our guest this week before hey, we guest. hit the bulletin board. Today we have Bruna... N- 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 Nessif. I keep wanting to say Nassif. A lot of people do. She's very exotic. Bruna Nessif. Okay, so let check this out, guys. So Bruna is the author of Let That Shit Go, A Journey to Forgiveness, Healing, and Understanding Love. And she's the founder of the website TheProblemWithDating.com. Now, the site is a multimedia platform that provides entertaining yet thoughtful pieces about love, dating, self-reflection, and spiritual growth. Bruna's written work has been featured in multiple publications, including E! News, Playboy, HuffPost, Cosmopolitan, Esquire, and Bravo. She's currently enrolled in the Institute of Professional Excellence in coaching to become a certified and accredited life coach for higher conscious living, specializing in self-love and relationships. Additionally, she has been studying energy work and is continuing her journey to becoming a master Reiki mm-hmm. healer. Yeah. Welcome to the show. Thank you Welcome. for having me. That bio was a bit of a tongue twister, but I know I everything mean, about the you. up there. <laughs> also, Capricorn. Cal- and you're Capricorn? Yeah. When's your birthday? January 1st. You're the wow. day before me. Yeah, I know. That's why when I asked, I was like, okay, I see it. <laughs> we're all January babies. I'm oh. a cusp baby. I'm January 20th. He's cusp, but we're oh, thoroughbred. Oh, you're not a Capricorn, though. Wait, hold on. See, I say you, the same shit, girl, and he begins so mad. You just, Ooh. no, you say I'm a half-bred. <laughs> I say I'm both 100%. No, we got, a, what day it is. we got another thoroughbred up in here. Mm. Welcome, Bruna. And she's Thank also so a Cal State Fulton graduate where I went to school, too. Yes, Titan Pride. Nice. Mm-hmm. And this, same major, too. 
communication. Look at just the synchronicity here. Yes. Like, just let them, we're, we're bringing in the good shit and letting the bad shit go. Yes. So I wanted to start off this week's show by clarifying something that I said last week that I've been <laughs> held to the carpet for. Um, and so last week when I was reporting on Cat Williams at, at V103 and I mentioned that he did not lie within his critique of Tiffany Haddish, I should have specified that the part that I was specifically addressing was her stand-up routine. Now, I'm not downing Tiffany, but not everything's for everybody. I think I've seen maybe two or three of her specials, but they were, granted, they were like at the beginning of her career. Like she was the opening act, like Snoop Dogg had lined up a few black female Mm -hmm. comedians, black women comedians, um, and she was the opening. So, I mean, I'll give her that. I'm going to wait to see what this Netflix special brings, and I'll make my... My final judgment with that, but I've seen about two or three of her uh, stand-up specials. I believe I saw one on Showtime. I saw the Snoop Dogg one I'm I'm referring to. I saw on Amazon, and I just was not moved by either. Mm -hmm. So that is what I meant with Kat's critique on Tiffany. I was specifically speaking to her stand-up routine, not all that other stuff he was talking about with a with a husband and how she got to where she need where she wants to be. Oh, well, her ex-husband. Oh, Kat went on a full Tiffany rant, and I misspoke because I didn't pinpoint the the part in which I agreed with. So I'm clearing that up. I saw clips and looks sound like a hater. Overall, <laughs> overall, I mean, I was, it, with he stand up, was... I will say, because I felt like I like a t- Tiffany Hash more as an actress versus a comedian. Mm. I think that labels the part that kind of upset him. Because even when Samson was on the show this year, he kind of was saying, like, you know, I've been in the business for a long time as a comedian. And now these new people are coming up on Vine and Twitter and Instagram. I haven't really like that. Never... Wasn't Tiffany's come up though? I've seen people liking her. I know, to Chris but I'm Tucker, saying like though. people who are like with the traditional way of being a comedian, they have to it's earn the their way, stripes. It's in the same way with the... hosting. They get yeah. the IG comedians red carpet access and things mm-hmm. like that. But uh, I've seen people liken uh, Tiffany Haddish to Chris Tucker in that he's not really a stand-up comedian guy. He's good in movies. He's good in Smokey yeah. and Friday and things like that. I mean, we remember that year he hosted the BT Awards. It was. <laughs> kind of wiggity wiggity whack but speaking of red carpets (laughs) last night i was uh on the red carpet for the los angeles premiere of night school all those lockers yes great color it was it was good it was good and um i got a chance to interview i think the person that i was most excited to interview i interviewed a lot of people of course uh tiffany and kevin i did not get a chance to really no oh they ducked and dive you know what it is what I thought was so funny was uh, NABJ on Saturday, they had their women in media, black women in media mm-hmm. uh, conference. And Tashina Arnold, if you guys search hashtag NABJLA and my name, you'll see some of my tweets from this event, even though some of them have uh, typos. But it's because I was typing as they were talking. It's a panel. You're a focus. I'm right. journal. You know, it's, 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 it's juggling. But Tashina had uh, mentioned that she makes a point to get to red carpets now, you know, within the past few years, like, early because she realizes that digital media and a lot of black media are bunched up together at the end. And also Mm. your publicist will rush you right past, you know, like, and that's typically, I've worked a few carpets and you'll see people come down. You'll see them talk to us weekly entertainment tonight, you know, whoever is there, you know, inside edition. And then when it comes down to the Hollywood unlocked and the shade room, and I was a correspondent for that grape juice, which is a music blog. Um, it's kind of like, yeah, whatever. Or they bunch us all together where it's, it's eight, hard to 80 different mics. Right. It's like a press yeah. conference, right. like you're elbowing your way. So, but I got a chance to interview Fat Joe, which was fun. 
Oh, that's dope. It was fun because, you know, the movie Night School is about second chances in high school. So I was asking him about a lot of his high school experiences. Lean back. And <laughs> yes. <laughs> when I tell you, the ice, the ice was blinging. Of I'm course. Sure. I was blinded. I wouldn't expect any less. He was less than a foot away from me. I was blinded. So how was he? He was very personable. But you know what? I'm the the type of interviewer I am. I, I try to find something relatable to flag you over. Instead of just screaming, fat Joe, fat Joe, fat Joe. Uh, I had just seen him. 745 eye. Which was awkward <laughs> to yell out, by the way. I know fat isn't a bad word. But I just kept wanting to say, <laughs> right. Joe, Joe. It just felt weird to be saying fat Joe, fat, fat Joe. Fat Joe, here. Well, can you imagine fat bastard? Uh, listen. <laughs> Come here, fat bastard. I'm to talk noticed, to you. I noticed that that's what a lot of my peers were doing. They were yelling fat Joe. How I got him was that I said that I enjoyed his set at On The Run the night before because he opened with DJ Khaled for Beyonce and Uh Jay-Z. Literally, I was there Sunday and then I worked this red carpet on Monday. And so Mm. he came on over it was not, I had a I had a very 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 good time. But what I did want to say is that the standout because by the time you all hear this, the movie will be out. It's in theaters on Friday. Go support. Um, and Yvonne Orgy's in it. I, yeah. I didn't know that. Shout yeah. out to Molly. Yes. <laughs> but the breakout to me, the the funniest people were uh, Al Madrigal who plays Luis, and what's the other? Oh, Romani Malco who played Jalen. He's been in a few. He's Romani. Or, or yeah, I have to look that up. You you know him if you saw him. Okay, mm. he's gonna be in that new ABC show. I I don't know if you all saw the promo. It's like a group of friends and one commits suicide, but it brings everybody together. Oh yeah, those billboards all over LA. He's the black guy. The, the black, bald, like the, the solo was, black guy in the, in the billboard. When I tell you, he was hilarious. Aww. Um, and so yeah, I got to screen it. It was nice. I did not go to the after party. I was uh tired, but I do also. I know that I'm talking a mile a minute, but it, we have a lot to squeeze in. I also cannot let this show go on without. Shouting out right like Ryan, formerly of Complex. I love Ryan. When I tell you Ryan saved my life. So quick story time. I tweeted last night that you all would get a quick story time. So I arrive at the venue, which was downtown LA Live. I'm setting up. My cameraman isn't there. So um, where the hell are you? You know, I'm texting him. No answer. So I'm standing there literally where the placard is for the blog that I was corresponding for. And no answer from my cameraman. Our call time was 630 and he didn't get there till 7.15. What? And the carpet Ooh. started at 7.30. So he gets there, we're setting up. He explains to me that he was in a car accident, which I'm, mm. I'm, I don't know if you all can hear my side eye through the mic. Um, but I, I mean, life happens. Yeah, I, I just don't know if he was LA City enough. had the traffic slow. He also did not have the mic with the, the cube. We had to use lavalier mics. And for those of you who do not know what a lavalier is, it's the mics that often people in TV use. You know, the little clip that you clip to your shirt, which was awkward because some of the celebs that I interviewed, hand they held the lavalier and others clipped it to them. I had mm. one clipped to me and they had, because I didn't have oh, the handheld. Oh, yeah. He didn't have the handheld. Oh. So this is where Right Like Ryan, formerly of Complex, comes in at. So we're downtown. Uh, he's scrambling, putting everything together. I'm slightly annoyed, but trying not to lose my cool. And he says, by chance, would you happen to have a memory card on you? No, because I was hired as because we've worked together before me and this camera guy. I was hired as talent. I'm here to interview. My job is to look the part and wheel in the interviews and bring my skills. So you mean to tell me that not only are you late, but now we may not get the interview, which in turn, I won't get paid. He won't either, but I won't get paid and I'm here to get paid. I mean, for the experience, but I need my I, run <laughs> right, me my check. Right. So I, I think about the top three people 
that I know in downtown, downtown LA. Oh. So I text Denver. He doesn't have a memory card I can use. I text OHT, the the official Harris Twins. Mm-hmm. They don't even have a camera. I text Right Like Ryan, formerly of Complex. He has a, a memory card nice. and the exact kind that we need. Ryan walked from his place to LA Live and hand delivered. I mean, I had to go through security and leave and stuff, but I met up with him, hand delivered me the the card, and I ran. And we were able to knock out the interview. So now. I owe Ryan the world because literally like right. when I get paid, I'm going to treat Ryan out to like a nice dinner because he didn't have to do that. Come on, and, shrimp and lobsters. And um, yeah. And so, Cheddar biscuits. So yeah, it was it was nice. And shout out to Tiffany Haddish because she also treated the entire theater. I believe she was responsible for the reason we all had popcorn and Coca-Cola. Oh, that's nice. So yeah, it was it was cute. It was cute. Sounds like a festive Monday. Mm-hmm. Jace, I was so stressed. You know my number one. You don't know this, Bruna, but I have a huge pet peeve with disorganization. Same. And I know I'm one to talk because I was so late today. <laughs> it's okay. Um, to recording this show, but I just do not like what I deem unnecessary mm-hmm. mess. You know, just do what you're supposed to do. And Speaking I just of unnecessary like mess, on the run to... The I will, Rose Bowl. I will never step foot in the Rose Holy Bowl again. Shit. So yeah. I was invited. First of all, happy birthday to Brentley. He's an activist on the show. I missed his party because my friend invited me to the On the Run tour literally hours before it started. And I said oh, wow. yes. So I make a piss up at Char's apartment. We're pre-gaming, we're talking. I'm happy. I'm alive. I'm like, all right, cool. My car's parked here. Take the Uber that was five dollars to the Rose Bowl. Mm-hmm. I've never been to the Rose Bowl. Last time I saw Beyonce, I was at the Staples Center. Mm-hmm. Getting the Uber. That was like a decade ago. Yeah, <laughs> definitely 10 years ago. And um, like 09. And I don't even get to the Rose Bowl. I had to walk because there was so much traffic. 40 minutes to get there. Walk around the entire stadium. Get in. Like I missed the entire. Oh, I didn't see any Fat Joe. I didn't see any um, Chloe and Hallie. Chloe and Hallie. I mean, the not the twins, but the sisters. I saw nothing. I sat down, and it was just. And then the whole experience was just not for me. Yeah. Like I enjoy Jay Z more than Beyonce. Why is that? Like whoa, I did because Why I felt that? like I've been watching Beyonce on Instagram. This is no shade to Beyonce on at all, but I feel like I've been watching the show for the past three years via my cell phone and or laptop Mm, mm -hmm. and so like being there it was nothing new to me yeah but i haven't really seen any like the big pimp and niggas in paris like that stuff i haven't listened to in years and so it's refreshing to like hear that and like they both did amazing i will say that because i I was i went in there expecting jay-z to be kind of blah and then beyonce to kind of steal the show um wish it with the theatrics and they had a great stage um but overall i enjoyed jay-z more I left early intentionally. Right. Because oh, so you I didn't stay for ape shit. I as soon as ape shit that doom doom mm-hmm. I was like, oh, time to go. And we left. <laughs> yeah. And I had to go through I felt like a sheep in one of those yeah. like crazy yeah, like eight nineteen fifties movies walking through like it was horrible. I got on a bus, I ended up we some crazy block in Pasadena, uh-huh. walked six blocks to catch an Uber, Uber wasn't there, had to catch a note. My phone's on one percent. Like I thought I was gonna be stranded in the middle of Pasadena with no way back to uh base. <laughs> I was wondering how you uh got home. Like I figured that I would talk to you on the show about mm-hmm. it because I went the following day. Mm-hmm. And right. we we pre-gamed I went Saturday, at a bar. She went Sunday. Right. We pre-gamed at a 
bar, my friend, I did not know that loading zones you could park in legally yeah, on Sundays. On Sundays, yeah. yeah. No, I think even and after, after six seven. Oh, is it seven? I think it's seven. I Google it every time when Me I need too. to find I mean, parking. you got to be sure. Listen, yeah. parking tickets are no joke. We parked right. in the loading zone. We walked and we pre-gamed. And I had had three shots before I left the house. Mm-hmm. We get to the to the pre-game uh, function. I had an announcement to make. A good one. Professionally. <laughs> I had a good... You know the announcement. I'm not saying it on oh, the... Oh, okay. Gotcha, yeah. gotcha, gotcha. And so some friends were buying me drinks. And then we ended up going to the to the shuttle. We didn't walk to the Rose Bowl, but we, all in all, my story mirrors Jace's. The show ended at 11 something. I don't think I got home till 1 a.m. and I don't live far from the Rose Bowl. It was just unorganized. It made no sense. They're not prepared. But what I did appreciate about it is that it's not a, an official NFL field. So my seats on <laughs> paper- My seats on paper looked like they would be in the nosebleed. But because- mm. It's not an NFL. It was like a regular, regular little college field. Mm-hmm. Right. I was like, oh, I'm right here. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm right. Like, Propped. it's not bad. It looks further on camera if you guys go on my Instagram. It looked further than what it was, but it really wasn't. So, I mean, I loved, I too loved Beyonce and Jay-Z, but the Rose Bowl needs to get it together. Yeah. Do they not have like the Uber, Lyft, like... They were canceling Lines. on me several times. That's I called three Ubers and like took about twenty minutes to like of cancellations. Like I can't get picked up, that's so that's why I jumped uh, on that damn bus. And and one of uh, Kaylin's friends went the night that you went, and it mm-hmm. cost her sixty dollars to get to Glendale Shut from up. Pasadena. Shut up. So uh, <laughs> that's yeah, a seven minute drive max. <laughs> yeah. So did you are you going to the concert or did you go to the concert at all? I did not. And the Rose, I mean, I grew up right next to Pasadena, so I'm mm-hmm. really familiar with the Rose Bowl. But the last time I went to a concert there was NSYNC. So, like, Ooh, very long I time. Loved that. And you it weren't worried great. about parking at the, like, you. No, you know. I was 11. So right. I'm just oh. like, <laughs> my, right. but my mom was, I couldn't see the ending. She was yeah. like, no, we have to leave yeah. now. And the issue with the like, Rose Bowl no. is in the middle of like houses and trees. Like Staples right. Center. But the houses aren't even close enough for you to walk to a quote unquote residential area and call a car. I pee like someone's the, bush. Oh, God. That's nice. It, I mean, the closest <laughs> thing I can think of is I went to the Hollywood Bowl recently mm-hmm. for Common and Queen Latifah. Mm. And oh. we took, and it was a similar situation as you. My friend, like hours before, was like, hey, you want two free tickets? And I was like, duh. Like, yeah. what are you talking about? So I knew I'm not driving in there because I've been there before. And I was like, that is a mess. I'm not getting involved. So we got a lift and they had like designated. Right. Like like the airport. Yeah. So then I was like, oh, this is real nice. No, no, no. Beyonce and Jay-Z shut down Southern California. Because (laughs) because even with uh, I was at the Greek theater for Anita Baker two weeks ago and that was even a mess. They only had three entrances. So people were wrapped around blocks and blocks yeah, and blocks because no. you have a full arena to fill. That's anxiety. I yeah, can't. It's just, I, I do not understand it. And then after the concert, didn't nobody know anything. And I refused <laughs> no. to keep comparing Los Angeles, my Los Angeles experience to my Chicago experience. But at least in Chicago, their rude asses would be yelling at you and telling you to keep moving. Right. right. Everybody in LA that had on them highlighter vests was like, I mean, I don't know. It's just thousands of people standing around and you don't know how to tell me how to get back to my damn car let's move on (laughs) um so really quickly before we move on to napoli ever after and finding nivia um this week we have a double dosage of iyanla uh so on thursday which would have been yesterday by the time you all hear this is the braxton's part one I'll be live tweeting that with the East Coast. Jesus. And then on Saturday, 
is the Bailey sisters, Cynthia and Mallory Bailey. Cynthia Bailey of the Housewives of Atlanta yeah. and her mm-hmm. sister. They got problems? Uh, I guess they had some sort of breakdown. That's going to be Saturday's Fix My Life. And then, of course, Sunday. It's been eight weeks already. Insecure oh season gosh. finale. I can't talk about it. It's been eight weeks already. Like it's too the, fast. Yeah. It literally comes and goes. Like, we wait, and then it comes and goes. You know what, though? I was talking about this with a friend, and I was telling him, like, it just started i'm not ready to let it go and he was like i feel like many people feel this way because everyone got hyped when lawrence came back Mm -hmm. that it feels like that's when it started yeah like i no offense to elon but i completely forgot about the daniel episodes i loved the by daniel Mm -hmm. yeah so then once lawrence came back i was like okay here we go we're getting started for me for me i think what it was is that the first few episodes kind of dragged yeah, like it's, they seem like they were building up to something bigger than what they really did. Unless, of course, the finale, we're going to get a lot of stuff. But that's a lot to jam pack into 30 minutes. They've mm-hmm. done it before, though. Where mm-hmm. we, where we're left, where we're left, Yes, where we're left mm-hmm. uh, gasping for air at the end. They do a great job. But those first three episodes felt a little bit of it. Like, like I said, it felt like a build up to yeah. something. I feel unfulfilled. Yeah. I feel like now, I think after Coachella, I started getting into it. Like, all right, cool. But like, yeah, when episode Ford, when five. Came back, like you said. But episode five was it. now i'm just like it's over like what what do we accomplish so i hope hopefully they bring it but for the I grand mean, finale a lot's happened though to be fair it was like sparking a new love interest and now yes. he her. right Woo! and they did such a good job with that because i tweeted this too because i was just like everyone's getting mad about it including myself because i was like having flashbacks because my own experiences in it. right but i was like that's real life you know they they are doing such a good job at taking very popular dating trends and stuff that's going on and making it flow naturally into the show, which mm-hmm. I feel like other shows just try too hard. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's like I'm, almost intentional. So it's, it's like annoying. Yeah, and so I'm really curious to see what they do with the finale. If they're really gonna leave it, like leave us on red in a way where we have yeah. no closure mm-hmm. with Nathan, because that's real life. That is, mm. and Ooh. it sparked so many. Twitter debates. Some mm-hmm. people were, were pro uh, ghost. Some people, I'm anti ghost. Uh, I've Same. never really been a ghoster. It's nothing for me to tell you. This is not working for me. Like I just think that communication is key, and ghosting is unnecessary. Exactly. I've ghosted. I, we talked about this on a, on previous shows. Show. Yeah, I'm not a ghoster, and I feel bad for. It. I feel like I've I, after hearing the feedback from what i've said i can say okay i understand i should be more intentional however i don't think it's an owed thing i think it's a courtesy yeah no one owes you it but i also feel like it's an adult thing and it's a right. communication right. thing like saying please or an, thank you with mm-hmm. being an adult i expect you to adequately be able to communicate and use your fucking words right and if you can't use your words then you really had no business trying to pursue me anyway because some we were gonna have some sort of breakdown within the relationship because you apparently can't communicate right, right. i don't think sex plays a role too because if i had sex with you i think i'm more inclined to have that conversation versus like if we That's went to a couple too. drinks and it's like all right cool but like yeah. if we're fucking and then we have to I mean, have this guy and her were in bed and he's trying to be all vulnerable and be like, I, I really yeah, like you. Ferris wheel. So this isn't like, <laughs> he oh, was, we went on a date and then you, you just right, don't talk to right. me. This, this was like, the road to somewhere. He was supportive. Right. He was mm-hmm. there for her. They were rapping to each other, giggling. Like, and when she said, I don't think I can find something that make me feel this good, I was like, oh. We'll feel that I way again. Feel the way again, right. And yeah. I was just like, I understand that. Actually, this is, um, <laughs> <laughs> there's a new term now. I don't know if you guys have heard of it. It's called mosting. And that's what this was. 
when they give you a lot and then they do the most and then and then they disappear well you know in my dating experience and i've and i've shared this not to derail you know the the Mm -hmm. topics but uh in my dating experience i've shared that a lot of men have used me as what i jokingly say as as a as a pause button or a kickstand to stroke their ego nurse their wounds and then but they never make it official with me and then wind up in a relationship after we've done plenty of boyfriend girlfriend stuff i'm always the girl before the girlfriend yeah (laughs) so you too my capricorn sister good like chakisha it's like i'm looking in a mirror i yes yeah yeah, it, 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 ne- and it never feels good. No, it yeah. never feels good. Because then it's like, I didn't sign up for this. Like, I'm not your healer. And why do you bother me when you know that you do not want me? I think it was the great exactly. uh, uh, SZA that once posed that question. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> SZA. The great speaking, speaking of uh, relationships and guys, I just have to share this on on the cat radio. I don't know what the hell is going on in this in the stars and in the numerology. In the full but moon, but there is a full moon. It's big. It's close to LA right now. I was late to to recording tonight as I was coming from Hollywood having dinner with friends, and the uh, every road is closed. Y'all know nothing makes sense in LA. Every road is closed. There's traffic, but anyway, so I've had. Two men from my past, one of which I have not spoken to in 10 months, the other of which it's been over a year. Both situations did not end on good terms. They ended on quite awful terms. After the Beyonce concert, when we were on the shuttle headed back to our car, I saw that I had a DM on Twitter. I went to my DMs. I didn't see the, it there. It was in requests. Mm-hmm. And it was someone so from my friends. And it was someone from my past. Hell no. Ooh. And I'll get into specifics off air of as to who it was, because I don't want to give them that whatever. Mm-hmm. And then today, someone from my past that I didn't end on good terms with just started following me on one of these social media platforms. I have an answer for you though. There is something going on. What is it? I read it earlier today. I know. (laughs) Cause I don't Uh, want nothing to do with either one of them. I'm not, I'm not interested in moving backwards. Apparently there's something right now with the moon placement and Saturn or something. I don't know. I read it on Instagram, but it was basically (laughs) talking about, it's all about boundaries. So your boundaries are going to be tested right now. Not Shars. <laughs> they are being tested. I'm, they're very strictly how, how are you gonna in show place. Up, though? How, the, ex- how are you going to show up? Uh, being being the classic telltale Shar. Have you texted or tweeted or moving. Instagram back? Hell, I have no reason to. Good like I said, you. we did not end on good terms. And I'm not interested in opening those doors again. That's we have you. nothing to yeah. talk about. We literally have nothing to talk about. And I'll get into detail off air. That's very thirty mm-hmm. plus of you. I'm, pr- I'm proud. <laughs> First of all, Jace, you didn't know me in my twenty. I, this would have been yes, Shar at twenty two. This would have been Shar at oh, twenty two. But I've no Shar at twenty. What? What? Twenty six? I would have went back to nothing like this. But bad terms. I'm I not would saying never. going back, but answering a tweet or responding to something okay, that I'll you know you is that. not good for you. I'll give you that. Yes, I'll give you that. I would too. So, did you check out? I know Jace checked out, but did you check out Sanaa Lathan's new movie Napoli Ever After on Netflix? Funny enough, I was so close to watching it last night, mm-hmm. and then I just didn't. I heard a hotel wrote it. Well, it would make sense. I felt like I was plagued by this movie because it premiered on Friday night, <laughs> and when I tell you, girl. I tried maybe seven to ten times between Saturday, Friday and Saturday to watch this. And my Netflix kept, you know, that little spinning wheel oh, yeah. of death. Mm-hmm. 24%. It refused to load. Interesting. Then it start, I started watching it. it. It finally fired up like later Saturday night when you left Jace for the Beyonce concert. Mm-hmm. I started watching it. I didn't get through the whole thing. So I decided to stop it. And I would 
start again on Sunday. Sunday, it did the exact same thing. Hmm. And I didn't I didn't end up finish. I don't think I finished it until yesterday morning, Monday morning. Was it worth We're this recording entire on journey? Tuesday. Um, no, <laughs> no. No, but I had to watch it for context. But we'll, we're going to talk more about that during my topic. Mm-hmm. Um, finding Nivea. Hashtag Finding Nivea. I you loved were, it. Are you familiar with who Nivea is? If you mess with my Okay, man. that's who I thought of. Yes. But I was like, that's like 2004. Yes. Hashtag Finding Nivea. It coincides dream. with the title. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is she missing? Well, <laughs> she's. Have you heard? have you heard any new music? Kind of. Have you I heard? mean, I'm always wondering where these early 2000s people are. Like, where is Chingy? Where is Tweet? Yeah. Where is everyone? Tweet, Tweet is still making her rounds. Mm-hmm. Okay, she's good. Still she's like producing rounds. stuff, right? Yeah. But uh, Nivea disappeared. But I mean, she's okay. She has a baby by both Lil Wayne and The Babies. Dream. Babies. Um, well, she oh. has one with Lil Wayne, one with The Dream. No, she has three by The Dream. She has three by The Dream? Or, um, yeah. What? She has the, the twins has, and one. How many she babies does The kids. Dream have? Because he has one with Christina Milian right. too. He has and, and three with Lailani. Um, I'm the, sorry. Who the hell is Lailani? Oh, his new wife. We, she went to Casey Fullerton too. Oh, dude. okay. <laughs> Come on, call majors. Are you Come sure on. all of Nivea's babies are by the dream? No, one is by Wayne and and three are by the dream. Yeah. So so far I thought he has it was just seven one children. by the dream. Keep talking. Anyway, I'm, I'm, not, right I'm not here to argue semantics. All I'm saying is the girl is okay, I'm assuming, financially. Mm, but that's good. She can, it was concerning. I didn't find that special. It's a 15-minute special. If you all have not seen it, it's available on YouTube, on BET's YouTube channel. And it it, it wasn't endearing or cute to me. It was troubling. She, she oh. didn't seem fully aligned. She seemed, her mouth was a little crooked, if you all know what I mean, like a little Bobby Brown jaw going on. Mm. Um, and she was alert, but it just was, she gave me, I called it on Twitter, Country Countess Vaughn. And if you're not familiar mm. with who Countess Vaughn is, it's Kim Parker from the Parkers. She uh, was also on Moesha um, and and LA Divas, but it just, it, it didn't make me feel good. It's gl- It was good to catch up with Nivea, but Watching that, I didn't walk away like, wow, okay, Nivea, you know, she, it, it, she's I want, fine. I wanted to pull her aside and have a, a conversation. I think mm. she, I, we actually watched a couple of She'd older, be good on Neyanla. That part. Or a reality show. Just toss her a reality show. Right. I think she, think she kind of drank before that interview. So I think what she was saying, she came out a little bit slurred and like, and then like the, the Bobby mouth. Brown jaw. It just, yeah. I didn't like it. And by the way, she has three, has three kids by the dream, London, Christian, and Navy Nash. So his child support is deep. But right. when you're a super producer, you know, the dream is responsible for like Beyond, two of Beyonce's hits like Dance For You and Single Ladies. Those checks aren't stopping and anytime soon. And signed a $10 million dollar bill in hits. London this year. Well, yeah, he has a, but I'm just familiar with his work with, and, and his own solo efforts. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. The, I love the dream. The dream was cranking out All some things. All the features and producing. Yeah. So um, I think we're done with bulletin board for today. Yeah, we got a lot covered, and I feel like I'm coming. I feel like I went swimming because I was inhaling and trying to say a lot of words <laughs> within a short period of time. Breathe in, so that breathe we're not oh in studio gosh, for six hours. Not drop, not drop. <laughs> wow, we have the same music taste. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, Love that. Mm-hmm, you guys are mm-hmm, both mm-hmm, so cow. <laughs> anyway, let's move on to the LGBT corner. And now it's time for the LGBT corner. So my LGBT corner this week goes to Kira Knightley. Ooh, I know that's random, but Kira Knightley. She, yes, um, she is open to uh, doing a Bend It Like Beckham sequel. Oh wow! And making the characters lesbians. <laughs> so I got this from Metro UK. 
Bend It Like Beckham fans have long believed that best pals Jess and Jules had something more than just friendship going on. And now the star Kara Knightley has admitted that there was an unresolved love story that needs to be told. This is Jennifer Lewis voice. <laughs> Mixed with my broadcast voice. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I guess we'll see what comes from that. Um, it sounds like Kira's looking for a job. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that was a classic for, you know, our age group. Yeah. I never saw Bend It Like Beckham. Really? It's actually surprisingly good. Yeah, it's really good. It wouldn't surprise me. I was thinking about middle school. I don't know. I want to say, it was, we were young. However, um, I don't blame Kira for shooting her shot, especially now that we're living in the age of the reboot culture. Girl, get it. While, strike while the iron is hot because people will not care when when we move on from these conversations of reboots and remakes and things like that. So, I can't wait for that. 2002. Yeah, so I was in eighth I grade. I was in eighth grade. Yeah. Graduating eighth grade. Wow. Mm. As we wow. Memory lane. Mm-hmm. Well, let's get into the topics. So my topic this week is based off of our beloved Venus Johnson, I believe was her name. Yeah, Venus Johnson. That is uh, Sanaa Lathan's character's name in this movie, Napoli Ever After, if you all have not seen it. Um, my personal thoughts. I had a lot of people when they saw that I was... Uh, trying to watch this. I got a lot of DMs on Instagram and on Twitter, people wanting to know my thoughts. Let me know when you're done. So I watched this movie to support Auntie Lynn Whitfield, who I stand for, and of course, Cousin Sanaa, who bit Beyonce. And (laughs) what I got from it was, I feel like the character, I'm going to speak directly to Jace because he saw it, but I feel like the character, therapy would have been better suited because I feel like her hair was not the root of her issues, <laughs> but I felt like that was necessary, of course, to tell the story because the story Napoli Ever After is based off of a book. Right. Um, and so basically one of the plots, like she, um, she was engaged and mm-hmm. things didn't work out. Then she like switches her hair and goes on a date. Like things aren't working out at work. She switches her hair, goes on a date, the date flops. And then she gets home and within a drunken stupor, she decides to shave her head. Mm-hmm. And that's like the apex because Sanaa Lathan really shaved her damn head. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to do that in one take. There is no do over. Remember Dippy Moore did that for G.I. Jane? Mm-hmm. Yes. It was a big deal. Mm-hmm. But um, so... Yeah. So my question to you all is, and I'll answer last, as we always do on the cat radio. Have you ever made an impulsive decision? I know that we all have, but I'm saying I want to say like in the same vein as or akin to uh, shaving your head, something like a huge impulsive decision, whether you were drunk or sober. But when you're drunk, I feel like those stories are more fun. But have you ever done something that you like woke up the next day like, bitch? Because in the movie, she wakes up and is screaming when she looks in the mirror because she was drunk and emotional and grabbed those clippers, mm-hmm. which were left over from her fiance. Right. Um. So, yeah. Um. I will definitely say I've had a couple of hair. Mo- I think for me as a guy, it's been a little bit easier because i've definitely like have had long curly hair and then shaved it off and i've definitely done like all right i feel like a new mood let me dye my hair blonde and people are just like oh that's cute and so it's not, but it's not really like a thing like i'm not a woman so i don't have like, these long like locks and then you shave them off there have been a couple times i remember i think i've shared the story before on this platform that i was in church and i was going through it with the guy i was dating 
and my friend texted me and was like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm in church trying to get my word because I need to be <laughs> saved because I'm two seconds from lighting LA on fire. And he's like, come to the airport. We're going to go to Bermuda. And oh. in the middle of service, I got my shit, went back to the place, packed a bag, went to LAX, and I left. I met him in I New York. We took a plane to Bermuda, and I was gone for Yolo. a week. YOLO. Yeah. But, like, I feel like at that point, like, that was, it was such a point where, because I've been invited on trips before, and I've been like, no, because I, I have this meeting tomorrow. I said, fuck it. Like, fuck everything. Like, mental health first. I'm going to go to Bermuda. And I remember, I remember actually talking to my Uber driver on the way to the airport, kind of telling him what was going on in my personal life. And he was like, oh, so this long, I'm like, no, I just found out about a couple hours ago that I'm going to Bermuda and like we're taking off. And I remember um, me telling him what was going on with my uh, ex. And he was like, you know what? He was kind of in that spiritual realm. I think he like taught some type of martial arts or some type of Zen situation. I don't know. Yeah, I'm a driver. And so um, he's like, you know what you do? You put all your energy into this rock. And you mm. take this rock and you chuck it into the ocean. Mm-hmm. And like that's you leaving all of your turmoil, your you know triggers and all that stuff. So funny, really quickly. Uh-huh. I was listening to Insecurity, which is Crystal and Fran's podcast. Mm-hmm. And um, Fran said that, because you know it was a pivotal episode in, I mean a pivotal moment in uh, season's episode seven, excuse me, uh, theme when Issa took that last shower, you know, mm-hmm. right before she deleted all of right. Nate's contacts and stuff. And so Fran said that it's something like a practice or I don't know if she got this from a book or something, but it, w- those showers are like breaking points. Like you have to imagine Absolutely. your problems going down the drain mm-hmm. and you'll be anew. Mm-hmm. And I had tweeted when I was watching the episode that there are very few things that a scalding hot shower can't fix. Right. I know yeah. I always That's feel real. better. Whether it is breakfast, lunch, or dinner. I don't care what time it is. It's a, a hot shower with some essential oils. You, mm-hmm. you put some, some peppermint. Light that candle. Dim them yes. lights. Are you kidding me? I literally <laughs> get essential oil and splash it on my, like, or not on Epsom my shower. Salt. Yes. Well, you don't take showers with Epsom salt. It's more bath. Well, a bath, yeah. Or you, well, can, definitely... hang, you can hang, um, shoot, what Sage? is it? Eucalyptus. Is there a cricket oh. in here? By the, I hear it too. Oh, okay. I think it's outside Uh-oh. and just very aggressive. Oh, okay. <laughs> but you can hang eucalyptus off the shower head. So when Ooh. you're having a shower, the heat or the steam gives right, you like a right. aromatherapy. Ooh. Yeah, I like, put that in I your literally pocket. like to right. splash peppermint everywhere mm. in the like bathroom. like lavender. Love lavender. I love the lavender mm. salt. I need something piercing. I feel like mm. peppermint <laughs> just wakes up all of my... Some yeah. more strong yes. for shower. Oh, yes. <laughs> And so, yeah. so it's funny that he told you to put all your energy, the bad stuff into that rock yeah. and throw it as, as, as hard as you can yeah. into the Atlantic. And I did. And I was I was at a block party off the coast. There was like cruise ships. It was huge. It was, that's one of my favorite places, Bermuda. Please go if you can. And I found this rock and I stepped aside. Everyone's being drunk with the DJ. And I took this rock, put all my energy into it and I chucked it. Nice. And how'd you feel after? I felt good. I kind of went back to some bullshit when I got back, but I right. had to remember. We all I had to have let that our shit go. We yeah. all have our shit. Yes, <laughs> let that was, shit go. It, it was a process, so it took me about like two weeks. But you know, I felt like I kept going back to, even though in that moment I did not um, 
necessarily let all my energy into the ocean. Yeah. I kept reflecting on that moment and how I felt in that moment. And that kind of helped me guide to kind of move forward and press forward in the right direction. Yeah. I mean, the energy thing is real. And I feel I've made so many impulsive decisions in mm-hmm. my life. I'm talking Hair, emotionally charged, though. Yeah, all of them. Uh, okay. so, <laughs> <laughs> but like my... I. Th- Well, my hair for one, plenty of times. And I was talking with a girlfriend about this. I feel like women especially change their hair after a breakup because there is a lot of, whether you cut it short, you dye it, you do something different because there's something about it that feels like you're starting fresh. Like there's a new identity. So I've definitely done that. I've gotten this tattoo on my finger was an impulsive decision. Piercings. I've gotten 13 piercings total. I would Um, do a piercing before a tattoo. mm Mm-hmm. I don't feel (laughs) yeah exactly. I don't feel like I've done anything impulsive that I necessarily regret, other than like text messages, like in the moment while drunk. Mm -hmm. It was I was not the one coming to mind. I was not drunk, but I had it was actually from a guy who ghosted me, and like so much time went by, which is what makes me feel so ashamed. But it was just one of those things where like. Uh, something happened. A friend of mine from high school passed away. And so I was mourning the death of that. And you know, when someone dies, your perspective on everything just like changes. So I remember sitting there and I was like, what the hell? Like this guy doesn't even have the common courtesy after everything we've experienced together to just let me know what happened. So I blew up and that got a response from him. And it was just. What did you say? Oh, man. <laughs> Cliff notes. I It was something like, you know, I'm over here mourning the death of my friend and sitting here and I was so sad for so long because you wouldn't even give me the common courtesy of responding and letting me know what happened. But why am I sitting here wasting my time worried about a guy who was too scared to like deal with something that was real and mm-hmm. blah, 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 all this like essay text. And then I saw those the dots. Oh, God. And I was like, I'm going to throw up. <laughs> because you know when you're ghosted and like you you almost forget that there's another person on the other on the other side of things because you're like no one's responding so you're just like whatever right but then i remembered there is another person (laughs) Mm -hmm. and And he just saw your text yeah your dissertation yeah and he was not he was like you're crossing the line you're becoming a stalker and i was just like what like you just don't communicate i mean that's just what we were talking about at the top of the show. Yeah. Mm. To me, it goes hand in hand. If you can pay a bill, if you're setting your own dentist and doctor's appointments, you should be able to tell me that you don't want anything to do with me. Hashtag right. no thank you. Like, right. um, I just want to say that mine are more so more so aligned with yours as far as the text messages. Mm-hmm. Um, I've done, I too have done a lot of impulsive things in my life. Um, <laughs> really? Yeah. As someone that like my, like I, 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 I'm very calculated and premeditated in a lot of ways, but let me tell you something. When the drinks get to flowing, baby. Mm-hmm. I drink vodka. You send Jane those whiskeys. I have to finish watching that. I saw that you finished it. Mm-hmm. It's two hours and two nearly hours. two and a half hours. Jane it's Fonda's like, documentary on HBO. It's yeah. called Jane Fonda in five acts. I got through two and a half and mm-hmm. I dozed off on accident. So I'm going to probably watch that tonight or in the morning. Well, no, in the morning because this is pretty late. But anyway, um, yeah, mine have been... I want to say if I can think back to as far as like being sexually charged, like risky texts. 
Like I used to be a little bit more free. And if Mm -hmm. I felt like I was getting signs from you, it would be nothing for me to be like, so what's up? (laughs) Now see, I'm not that girl anymore. I don't know what happened. I want to say it's just regular maturing. Mm -hmm. Nothing crazy has ever happened. But uh, I know that I'm not as confident as I used to be. Um, and just speaking about the the hair thing that you just mentioned, I have been, I, I too have cut my hair. Um, I cut my hair in April. Mm-hmm. Mm. And I won't go and into- And a sassy bob. Yes, and I will not the go- The Mary Jane bob. I will not go into detail, but in hindsight, in retrospect, I told myself that I was cutting it for styling, but it was- it's a little bit deeper than that because I'm yeah. I'm naturally a long girl. I like twenty something inches of weave, okay. Um, and so now that I'm fourteen inches and I've been about 12, 14 inches, it's it's indicative uh, of the year that I've had for the most part and the season that I'm just now emerging out of. Um, yeah. And so yeah, so that has more so been mine. It's been dealing with men. I've never done anything impulsive, I guess, towards friends. All of my impulsive, like emotionally charged decisions have been uh, along the lines of something romantic. Mm. And just wanting answers or just wanting you (laughs) or, you know what I'm saying? Or throwing something out. There are times that I have spoken without thinking. They're rare. But it happens or sending a text, like you said, mm-hmm. and getting waiting on those bubbles or not getting a response and then randomly getting one, you know, like yeah. it's just been a lot or running into someone that you don't expect to see that you never see. Right. And now you're out minding your business and you you run into the it's, it's, it's a lot. It always happens that way. So it's yeah. funny that you kind of brought up how his reaction to you telling him after he ghosted you that he became defensive because that actually kind of reminded... So now you want to communicate. Right. Now you want to communicate. <laughs> right. And that reminded me of a situation that I had. I, I've told the Valentine's Day story before, but I remember like I was seeing a guy and publicly on his Instagram page, he posted a picture of... After he stood me up, I was in a bar in Harlem and he posted a picture and I was just like, what? So I have friends texting me like, yo, have you seen what's what Instagram page? Yada, yada, yada. I'm like, no. And I'm in. So I get up. I see it. And like I immediately like flash and I type in like your trash on that picture in all caps, exclamation points. And then went back to my party. Mm. And then I realized like maybe five minutes after I was like, you know what? I need to be beyond mm-hmm. this bullshit went back upstairs because you know basements in Harlem you can't you don't have no service so I went up and I deleted it but I found out later that he did see it and he has something to say about it yeah um which again he was defensive but I mean my opinion to this day is still he was very trash for that move well of course Um, they get defensive because you're calling them out on shitty behavior and then they want to try to act like people don't know how how dare you yeah yeah but it's like no how dare you because you know what you did and now you're trying to backtrack and do damage control and it's like that's right right like no i know i was reactive to like what had happened but that does not justify why i'm being reactive right right you know and see i feel like in 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 like what you just that example that you just gave it would take a lot for me to get to that point i think i would have thought about leaving that Mm -hmm. i might have dm'd it but i wouldn't have because i i think i always think two steps ahead and then i on top of that i probably would not I know that with a lot of men, and this is part of my issue, um, <laughs> I don't want you to to think that I'm bothered. Yes. I might be bothered. My feathers may be ruffled times 10. But as far as you're concerned, 
you don't know where Shara's head is at. And yeah. I find delight in that, especially yes. with men. You don't know what I'm thinking. You don't yeah. know where my head is at. You thought you got away with that. And now I'm putting, you know, matter of fact, let me not, let me not get into too much detail. But yeah. right. as, as I've gotten older, <laughs> I've, I've learned to control myself. Yeah. I, usually, typically, I get sad first, but I could typically get controlled, then I get mad, and then I get, all right, what's the conversation? Like, it's how, th- how is this going to work out? It's best to write it out, in my experience, whether you mm-hmm. own, whether you own a journal or what have you, even if you just get a piece of typing paper and you write it out. And I'm talking about actual writing. I'm not talking about pulling up the notes app, because it right. doesn't have the same effect. Mm-hmm. Put that damn pen to that paper, and you Old typically school. feel better once you write it, instead of sending that text right. or leaving that mm-hmm. comment, write it out. And I've don't vent to friends because you'll have a friend hype right, you up right. to do this right, shit. Exactly. And next thing you know, you're like Molly and um, Issa on the way to someone's apartment. Yeah, I'm right. <laughs> bringing Portos. Right. Shout out to Portos. We were in the area in Burbank. Um, but yeah, actually, I've done that before. I have definitely written out an email mm-hmm. and never sent it. Mm-hmm. Oh, of course. Like, I even put their email in. I think I didn't actually press send, but I've definitely written happens. out a whole email. That's actually very tricky. Put it in, and then it's in draft. And I was yeah. like, all right, well. I think for me, it's a lot. It's like the pride thing, like you mentioned. I never want people to know that you got under my skin. Right. So I tend, I mean, obviously I did it in that moment, but I tend not to. But Listen, also- We all have our slip ups. Of course, because you're human. That's and the that's the thing I had episode. to remind <laughs> right. myself. Like, my car to be pops out, I'm throwing way. shoes. No. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. I am also very calculated. So I'm but just like- I've also, I want to hearken back to the movie. I've never done anything impulsive like to myself. Like, I've never reached a point where I'm shaving my head. I've never reached a point where I'm going to go get four more piercings in my ear or my tongue um, that I can think of. Like, when I was 14, maybe. But by the time I was 15, no. Like, I've, for the most part, been the same girl. So, uh, yeah. Have I done impulsive things to other people's or other people's property in the past? um, Maybe. That was not impo- that was calculated. I just was not thinking. Yeah, I almost singed this girl's face, but she deserved it, and that was calculated. with hairspray and a lighter. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yep. 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 I yep. think for me, my impulsive things have been more like fun things versus reacting upon emotions. Well, that's, I'm like, talking oh, about emotions. Yeah, but I'm saying like in general, like if I could look back like at spontaneous. Yeah, it's been more stuff. spontaneous, like fun things. But my emotional charge impulse things have, I think I've pretty much said. Yeah, I mean, when you get an emotional turmoil, depending on where you are that day mentally, that the pendulum could swing either way. Right. Mm -hmm. Honestly, I shut down. Same. Because I mean, but sometimes you're you're pushed to that. Sometimes it's that last thing Mm -hmm. that makes you. Have you ever seen the, the crowd straw going that breaks the camel's back? Really, mm-hmm. really, and we can't take away from that reality. Yeah, that it, it happens sometimes. So, you guys, of course, I'm going to pose this question um, on my social media next week. I'll be reading off a few answers because you guys have been hilarious on mm-hmm. Instagram, on my Instagram, and um, also on my Twitter. So, uh, but they'll be anonymous. Don't worry, your names will, will not be read off. But next week, we're going to introduce a new segment and. Um, I'm going to read some of you all's answers because yeah. I like the group participation aspect of We this. are family here at Kiss and Tell. We <laughs> are a family hey friends. like oh. a giant tree. She was oh a choir my goodness. girl. Branching out towards <laughs> the sky. Sorry, we I'm drinking rosé. I love that. So my topic this week kind of goes in the line of in the gray area. Mm. Um, so this week, 911 Ryan Murphy 
excellent. I watched both episodes. Produce both of oh, because it came out tonight too. No, I watched this morning. They had two episodes out this morning. Oh, I thought the double episode was today and or well, two days this week. I didn't know it came on back to back. When I checked this on my on demand, they had season two episode one and season two episode two. Wow, I don't know. It was a double episode. We'll have to watch the second one. But um, kind of circling back to the first part of that episode, um. Angela Bassett, who we saw last season, was married to a gay man, got divorced, um, let the kids know they're still cohabitating in the same household, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's dating her colleague at I the I think firehouse. they're cohabitating part-time. I don't think she's there full-time. Yeah, I mean, it was a problem. She was there when she had the conversation in the first episode yeah. about, you know, because she was venting to her ex-husband, now friend. Um, Who's played by Rockman Dunbar. Mm-hmm. And in the beginning of the episode, they were kind of in bed talking about, you know, hey, let's go here, let's go here. And she's like, oh, I don't really feel like it. I'm tired. Kind of making I'm up leave everything. the world on the other side of that door. Right. Like, when I'm here, I want to spend it with just me and you. Like, Ooh. and the they had been really dating. Look, they've been dating for three months. And so he was kind of like, well, you know, I want to take you out to dinner. I want to take you out of the house and kind of like, you know, show you off. Because they went and on two dates. They went on two dates. Two dates total yes. out of the three months of dating. And then mm-hmm. everything else has been throughout the confines mm-hmm. of, oh, I just want to spend time with Take you in out, the house. Take yeah. out, Netflix. Yeah. And so he was, he never said anything, but his verbal body language, sorry, his body language was more of like, verbal. <laughs> his body language was like, what's going on? Right. So the next time she came over, she came over with Thai food and he was already dressed and ready to go. And he was just like, all right, we're, she's like, no, I don't really feel like it. I got Thai food. We're not going out. And he was like, okay, what is it? Like, is it because I'm white? Is it because of X, Y, Z? And she simply was forced into a corner where she had to explain herself to him because he was in the gray this entire time. Mm. And so um, basically her reasoning was because she was embarrassed about being divorced, the only cousin out of her family that's being divorced, yada, yada, yada. And now she said, literally said she's ashamed of being happy. Um, and so they ended up getting through it, kissing and making up at the end. But for the first part of the show, he was in the gray. So my question to you ladies are, is have you ever been in a situation where you're in the gray, kind of not knowing what was going on? And on top of that, would you rather, I guess, know something that's fat that's going to hurt you versus kind of just letting it go and moving it on and not really having a concrete answer to like what the fuck is going on? I like her kind of playing that insecure a little bit as well with, you know, her being manic going through the divorce computer. Um, But just kind of being in the gray because he's gone. I don't like being in the gray. Same. Yeah. Um, Even if it is something that's going to hurt me, I'd rather know. Same. Uh, And uh, what was the first part of your question? Well, do you have an example of being yeah. in the gray and how did you oh, solve yeah. it? Oh, yeah. Most of my interactions with men are yes. in the gray. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> I, I, just, I just sat up here with my good sis and explained the kickstand. Um, and so, yeah, it seems like when I get to pushing about, I guess, the direction that we're heading or what is going on, that is that marks the beginning of the end. Because as long as they're comfortable in taking up space and taking up time, uh, everything's fine. But if mm-hmm. I'm three months in, which I have done before, right? I have been three months into being involved with a man and not known if we were going up, down, left, right, side to side, what? Right. And then, I mean, but what I found is it doesn't matter because I always end up 
alone. Hmm. Oh my god. Don't cry for me. I'm just fine. As this long is not as, always. As, up, up until now. As long as my career now, see, keeps making the trajectory that it's making, I'm just fine. As long as I don't have to think about it. And it's not a sad thing. It's just something I feel like it's growing pains. And it also comes with the territory of being a trans woman, if we're being honest. But that's a whole other episode. Um, so, yeah, that I don't know where I stand with a lot of men. Um, there are even men that I'm, you know, have platonic well, and platonic's the wrong word. There have been men that I have allowed to come in and out of my life, mm-hmm. and I don't know where I stand. Mm-hmm. And like platonic still- plus. That is per- hashtag platonic, platonic plus. plus. <laughs> yes, that is the perfect way to describe it. And so ultimately, I mean, it's whichever way you slice it, it's wasted time. Yeah. You're you're pulling out emotions that have been buried for for years mm-hmm. and forcing me to revisit things only for us not for there to be no progression, no answer. Like it's just it's stupid. That's the gray. Yeah. It's all silly. What about you, Bruna? Oh my gosh. I've lived in the gray for so long. So I've been single quotes oh. for s- over seven years now. And, but it was all situationships that entire time, mm-hmm. which was we are the same person. We really are. No, like everything you say, I'm like, mm, well, I'm not needed because that is my answer. Mm-hmm. But no, yeah, it's. I mean, you can't expect like right off the bat to be like, so what is this? What's happening? Because you oh, know, yeah. you got to figure it out. But right. I got to figure out if I want you exactly. And it ain't always about you wanting me. Right. I got to figure out if I want to tolerate your ass. Yeah. So. That's what my experience, too, is a lot of, you know, we hang out, quote, again, all the time. It's a lot of, you're so great. You're so amazing. Da, da, da. But no Ooh. actual dates, no commitment, yeah. no Ooh. conversation. And I am very direct and right. I don't care because I want to know what we're doing. So it always gets to, you know, OK, well, we've hung out X amount of times. We are spending time together. We're talking. There's some sort of emotional exchange and energy exchange happening here. So what's going on? And that's when I always get, I'm just not ready for a relationship right now. Mm. And, and then guess I'm what? like, guess what those keywords are? When, whenever someone tells you they're not ready for a relationship, what's in parentheses is with you. you. Exactly. Right. But that's what pisses me off because you never hear that part. And so in your it. mind, it's like, you know, okay, well, but do I want a relationship right now? You like rationalize yep. it because you like the person. So you're like, it's fine. I'll just go with the flow. Right. And I'm like, Brittany, stop lying. He's healing. Right. Ugh. Well, Ugh, go heal. Jesus. Not on my will, time. They right. will paint Don't it out heal like that. On and my right. card. I'm just not ready. I mean, I just got out of a serious relationship. I my have heart. To laugh. Right. And I'm just like, <laughs> and then they say all that. You stop talking, and then boom, they're in a relationship. Yep. And you're just mm-hmm. like, that's very interesting. With someone who seemingly just popped up overnight. Right. Oh, my goodness. And, it is so And now you're with your girlfriend or your wife. Right. Because it has that happened. happened. Well, I have a friend who was dating somebody high profile. And then they could, they broke up. And a week later, he was married to somebody else all over TMZ. Mm. Um, oh, and it's got to be in your face in the blogs, too. Oh, that's worse. But that goes back to what you were saying as far as, like, would you want to know even if it hurt you? And saying, yes. Like, I understand that not everyone will know, like, oh, I'm not ready for you specifically, Mm -hmm. but maybe someone else until that person shows up. But if you do, like, 
say it. And I feel like men, especially, they don't like confrontation. They're always afraid of how we're going to react or whatever. And so to me, I'm just like, you You would have been just better off. We could have at least salvaged a friendship or something. Right, if you would have just say, been direct. Who's to say that I still, that who's to say that I wouldn't want to sleep with you? If you would have introduced it as, as friends, who's to say I wouldn't right. want to still have fun with you? Right. But right. to lead me on under Whip the guise, under the guise <laughs> of this, you know, Disney fairy tale princess BS, um, or leading me on with, with the hope that something is right. going to happen is that is wrong because that they that assume that's what we all want. Yep. And I'm just like, just tell me what it is. Yep. If you don't know, tell me, I don't know. I enjoy spending time with you. I'd like to see where this goes yep. or you know what? It's that easy. You just right. said it. It's right. that easy. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, okay, so we're just going to see where it goes. But also when with that though, for me at least I'm like, I'm going to need some updates along the way. Like, right. we can't do like, that forever. Like, how long are you going to be sitting here waiting on the back burner, waiting for you to figure it out? Right. Yeah. And the other thing, which I feel like has pissed me off in the past, is, you know, it's just I have, and I feel like a lot of people can relate, this intuition, right? So it's like you always have an inkling when there's someone else in the picture or there's something else popping off that they're not telling mm-hmm. you. And again, I'm very direct, so I'll bring it up and be like, is something going on? Like, are you feeling? Because to me, it's like I'm I'm opening the floor for conversation. Right. Yes. I am literally handing and not you, accusing. Right. Not accusing. Those are the difference. But opening up the floor is a huge right. Difference. So just tell me, because if you're like, yeah, I met someone and I want to explore that and I want to see. Cool. At least you told me, because at the end of the day, for me, that goes down to respect. You respect me enough to tell me what it is so I don't look like an idiot out here thinking this is something it's not. And then, but not a lot of people can do that. One of our uh, catchphrases for this show is don't have me out here looking stupid. Mm -hmm. Exactly. I mean, even though ultimately you're responsible for yourself and how you look, but the person contributing to to how you look need to let you know. I'm very I've become very black and white over the years because before I was kind of like more aloof and like, you know, like we're getting to know each other. Da, da, da. And then it came to the point where like I'm emotionally investing myself into these situations and it hurts. And then mm-hmm. I'm and like I said, like with um, intuition, like I'm I'm feeling something is going on. But I was like, well, you know, I'm happy enough. So I'm just going to not mention anything. It's kind of right. go with the flow. The next thing you know, I got DMs and meeting to the coffee shop like by the way x y and z i'm just like shit and i wish what do you mean by that dms and meetings at the coffee um kind of like letting me know about the guy i'm dating oh there are other people reaching out to you like oh why you post an old boy all on instagram right let me tell you what he was doing with my cousin and a lot of the times i would have wished that information was sent to me from that person from that person because a lot of it would have been okay right like not the cheating part not cheating but like not saying that was a problem but like you know things about their past or there's things that i would find irrelevant but just like okay well can you talk about it but now that it's being brought to you it's amplified exactly now it's being brought to me i'm like all right well why are you withholding this information that's dating culture yeah and and the fact that i didn't ask about these things if i if nowadays if i have any itch or anything like i like you i open the floor Mm -hmm. hey You know, I saw X, Y, and Z. I saw a text come up on your phone from so-and-so on a number. Um, who is that person? It's a friend, a colleague. Like, what's up? Are you fucking them? Like, let me know. And I am more receptive to the truth, even though it may 
destroying me emotionally. I'd rather you tell me than to be floating around this world ignorant. Right. Before we move on, let me ask you all really quickly. Do you all think that the way in the ways in which we were conditioned and socialized to think dating is supposed to be? Do you think that's antiquated now with the the rush of uh, social media being present? And we just have a lot of, of factors. So, yeah. Yeah. Do, do you think that it is a thing of the past I and we have to find new and creative ways to quote unquote date? I mm-hmm. think that especially with social media i think it's kind of like backtracking back to like the 50s where we have like these like perfect housewife and the dad and the kids and like that's what the way you wanted and i think that's kind of been emulated on social media when it comes to like oh they brought me flowers to work they mm-hmm. like surprised me at work for lunch and so people like want what they see on instagram and facebook and twitter but what's actually going on outside of social media but do you think that that we have to change the ways in which we date do you think that the ways in which we grew up the images that I we think grew we need up to be honest on, with each other or do they still apply is chivalry dead like is does it still apply it's just there's a lack of integrity with dating now and mm-hmm. i feel I like agree. so many people feel like that's okay because even just the you know bringing up those conversations and asking those questions that shouldn't make you feel bad for asking them because you deserve to know if there's someone else in the picture mm-hmm. we still especially the, if you're fucking right in the back of your mind there's still a part of you that's like should i even bring this up am i acting too needy yeah. am i too clingy am i because that's how we've now been conditioned to feel and with like dating apps and social media and stuff i mean this is a topic that comes up so much with what i do but we can't blame dating apps and social media because they're just tools right that yeah. are accentuating people's character that Mm -hmm. now they have a platform to show like oh so this is just how you are and now we can see it because there are these platforms but it does provide unlimited range and options craft keep in mind with social media we craft our own images right it's very curated it's yeah it's very curated it's not the raw unfiltered nitty gritty Mm -mm. it's very curated you won't see me cry (laughs) <laughs> right you know they always say that you see the the what is it like the final product the you highlight see, reel right you don't mm-hmm. see the behind the scenes right. which is true that bts i don't know i'm always a fan of going back to basics and i'm just like if you can't even give me the common courtesy of like honesty trust and just the respect that if you're fucking with me like wouldn't that be the bare minimum and yet the standard we've set for people we date is so low right now right. it's like hurt girl, my feelings the bar is on the floor there hurt is no bar let's be <laughs> real like it's just like oh i haven't talked to him in like two weeks and he takes a date or and washes his hands after the bathroom after he uses the bathroom but it's yeah. fine we're fine number two <laughs> any either or so uh <laughs> Speaking of number two. Speaking of, ew. Speaking of number two, let that shit go. Um, congratulations. Thank you. On your book. When did this come out officially? August 3rd. Of this year? Yeah. Oh, oh. wow. So you are fresh. It's your first book? Mm-hmm. Congratulations. Thank you. And it's thick, too. It is Brand a thickety-thick. Thick. It's thickety-thick. So, so what can we expect from this book? Oh, my goodness. Let that shit and, go. And what inspired you to write it? Yeah. Those are my two questions. Okay, so I'll, I'll start with the inspiration. So the problem with dating the website I write and created was my baby project, and I've been working on that for almost six years now. And the posts that I would put up there 
it was kind of like my online dating journal because I started it when I was single for the first time. And I was like, what is this life? Mm -hmm. What is happening? How do I navigate this? And your relationship before was how long? Three years. Okay. And he was, it was a serious relationship. He, um, always talked about wanting to get married and I again very direct mm -hmm. so he was just like if I propose what would you say and I was like I'd say no like I well. don't know that you're someone I want to spend the rest of my life with fair mm -hmm. enough right absolutely and to me <laughs> why would I say that something bell. that's not true <laughs> no but um divorces are expensive and right. some marriages. I mean, right. no, marriages. The marriage certificate is like 40 bucks. Divorces can be thousands. Sorry, thousands. A, a wedding. Well, plus my parents are divorced. So I've already been through yeah. a divorce. And I'm like, I knew already I'm not doing that again. You know, yeah. like obviously in a different Especially with space. children. Yeah. So with me, I was like, all right, I'm not going to settle. I'm not going to just rush into a marriage because that's what everyone on Facebook is doing or however my age is or whatever it is. Like, I'm going to make sure this is someone I actually want to marry. But my stories on the problem with dating were still kind of safe. Like, I didn't really give the whole story or get down to the nitty gritty. I would kind of generalize topics. This like, is on your blog. Right. Okay. And so that, you know, once that started gaining traction in readers, everyone was like, when are you going to write a book? When are you going to write a book? And I've always wanted to write a book, but I didn't know yet for sure. Mm -hmm. And so I initially wrote like a book of poetry. It was just like, you know, uh, different poems about love and relationships. And I was like, this ain't it. Like something just wasn't right. And then a friend who read that for me was like, these are great, but you're playing it safe. Like people want mm -hmm. the real, mm -hmm. the stories. And I was that just is like, true. Those nuances and those uh, yeah. those nuances and those specificities. Yeah, is what that that garners my attention. Right. So at first I was like, but why? Because why would anyone care about my situations mm -hmm. and my stories? And then I quickly realized because um, I did a kind of like a test run on the blog, and I wrote a very specific post about my ex actually because he had um, he was an alcoholic. And so I wrote about that and the response to that, I was like, okay, because I'm not the only one who's dated it. Some, yeah. someone dealing with substance abuse. I'm not the only one who had trouble walking away because they felt bad for abandoning someone they love, you know, all this stuff. So that's when I started this book and I made a very conscious decision that I'm not holding back. I'm going to open up about very specific relationships I've had that had some very important lessons I needed to learn. So every chapter in Let That Shit Go details a different relationship with a man in my life. And it tells you all the, like, literally, I hold nothing back. There are things in that book that I, less than a handful <laughs> of people knew. I don't regret it. Okay, because there was, the response has been phenomenal. Uh-huh. So many people wrote back and they're like, I feel like I'm reading my journal, mm -hmm. which to me, I'm like, that's insane. Because when you deal with like conflict and pain, especially like because there's stuff in there about sexual assault, there's stuff about mm. self-harm, there's stuff about suicide, there's something like deep shit. Right. When you're in those moments, they feel so isolating and you know that there are other people dealing with right. it, but you don't feel that in the moment. So then to me, I'm like, oh, God, am I going to be judged? Am I going to be shamed? Am no, I? But embraced. then everyone's like, I've felt that exact uh -huh. same thing. And so I was just like, man, like the very least I could do for this book is provide something to prove like you're not alone. 
Yeah. And I feel it's, like I've done that. It's funny that you mentioned, you said like the chapters are based off of old guys that you've been involved with mm-hmm. because uh, Jane Fonda's documentary is too, the five acts. Yeah. All well, benchmarks. Both to the end. Yeah. They're all benchmarks. Which uh, I was kind of annoyed with, with until I saw chapter five. Yeah. Yeah, mm. yeah. So I think the first one is like her dad and then one is her yeah. son. But it's, that's how. No, it's her, her three husbands. Yes. It's broken down like that. So I find that interesting too. Yeah. yeah. What was your favorite chapter writing Mm, that's really hard because i enjoyed all of them for different reasons Mm -hmm. there's you know i do have some ex-boyfriends in there but i also have guys that technically were never titled a boyfriend you know those situationships situationships that i mentioned and i really enjoyed highlighting those because I don't think people understand that exchange and why mentally you would get so distraught by them failing mm-hmm. or what's Girl, going on yes. because you don't know what he's saying and doing that's making me think one thing and then but you're he not dips. valid right. right we just saw it with Issa and nathan right <laughs> right so they it's are like, boyfriend and girlfriend and she just lost her mind mm-hmm. on episode seven <laughs> exactly so it's like that times 10 and there is a chapter about my father which that relationship oh, wow. i think mm. because you know i used to be a psychology major before i switched to <laughs> communications to calm, right, right. <laughs> So I knew already. I'm like, okay, <laughs> shut Broadcast up. journalism really? was her minor. I did psychology. It was only for a year, though. Same. And then I went to <gasps> broadcast journalism. Yeah, I That's took it. That's her major or her minor. Okay. Yeah, okay. no, it was. So, but with that, like the bare bones of psychology that I did know, because it was very apparent to me, there is a repeating pattern here with the men I was attracting right. and the ones mm. that I was entertaining mm. and stuff. Right. So I was like, all right, I have to take responsibility and some accountability because mm. I'm the common denominator. So what am I doing? <laughs> but um, let so, that shit go. <laughs> right. Yourself. Child. So I knew well, I need to dig into my relationship with my dad. Like, mm. what is it with that? So, right. And it, Girl, let me tell I'm you. I'm about to walk out the studio. <laughs> I'm done. When I tell I'm not you. I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> don't go. No, the, the way it all hit me at once, I was just like, oh my goodness. I mentioned in the book, it felt like I was finally in on the joke that everyone probably already knew. And I was the last one to get it. Because wow. it was just one of those things where I realized that I was searching for the validation that mm-hmm. I got from that I did not get from my oh, father. Mm-hmm. And so when I kept meeting men that wanted to leave, I should have just let them leave, right? But I didn't. I begged for them to stay. Yeah. I tried to prove myself even mm-hmm. more because Ooh, I'm about to shout. <laughs> <laughs> because that's what I think I wanted to do with my dad that I just couldn't. Yeah. And so it was very therapeutic to write. It was very healing, but it did. I was working on this for three years and I think it was not like, oh, it's so hard to write, but there was still so much about myself. So much, yeah. yeah. I needed to figure and you're learning out by yourself while you're doing the process. It as was well. very like in real time. Uh-huh. I mean, even my dad, like I was trying really hard. I realized I need to mend this situation or at least acknowledge it and talk about it because he lives in Lebanon. So it was just like there was a comfortable distance where we didn't really have to like talk about Mm -hmm. it, but I'm clearly dealing with it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So he ended up coming out for a visit 
which is in the book. And it was just like, because I faced a lot of resistance writing it. So I, I would just put it away and not look at it. And I right. now realize that it was because I needed, I'm so like quick to do shit, you know? I'm like, oh, I got this project. I'm going to execute it. I'm going to put it mm-hmm. out, you know, yeah. all this stuff. Same. Capricorn. Right. I needed to delay this because there were experiences I had not yet had that were going to impact the yeah. story. That were imperative to the storytelling. Right. So it came out at the perfect time, and I'm so glad I didn't try to rush it and didn't try to just put out some half-assed book that I would have yeah. regretted later. When you were speaking to to the points about your father, it got me to thinking really quickly um, on The View this morning. So you guys go back and watch Tuesday's episode of The View. Um, there was like a psychology study release that your parents, and I think we all know this, but it was something like uh, how your parents interacted and things like that. Uh, they affect your what's the word that I'm looking for? Like intimacy and emotion with your partner. Mm-hmm. So if yeah. you didn't grow up seeing a lot of affection uh, or witnessing and, that, mm-hmm. then that affects how you move about the world and how you go about with your, how you navigate with partners and things like that. So it's interesting that you brought that up because yeah. I got to thinking this morning when they were going around the table, getting, you know, everyone to weigh in. I'm like, wow. Cause my parents weren't the most affectionate. And I feel like that's common knowledge, but no one really like, does the work to no. unpack that it's a in lot. their own personal life. It is a lot. And it's, it's your lot. parents, too. Like, your parents are your superheroes for so long. Right. So you want to have that conversation with them. You know right. What I mean? It's a lot. But that was the crazy thing is I got to a point where, you know, you just realize, like, oh, shit, my parents are people. Yeah. You know, like regular human that beings. That happened for me in college. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's like, even with all the revelations, it was easy to let go of, like, the blame and the anger because I'm like, they they're did their working, best. Right. You and know? they're working through their own shit. Right. There's no handbook on the parenting exactly. thing. Exactly. Like. And so, and you know, my dad was never very emotionally expressive, which is what kind of Neither was mine. fueled. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I feel like that's with a lot of men in general. It is. Especially of a particular generation. Right. And so yeah. that's when I was like, okay, Bruno. Baby like, boomers. Right. <laughs> be logical. Your dad is from a different culture, from a different generation. Mm-hmm. He's a military man. Oh my he, God. Yeah. Kevin. So I'm just like, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and it's interesting because throughout, like, even his visit here with me, I noticed, like, men show their love in a way that, you know, they're doing the best they can with him. It's always, like, finances, protection, yeah. strength. Mm-hmm. Cool. I appreciate Tangible that. Things. Right. But I need you there emotionally. Yeah. And that's what you're not understanding. Yeah. And so it took a lot to, and I mean, Writing this book was that was what scared me the most. I could give two shits about the guys reading it and feeling some type of way because mm-hmm. it. I opened the book with a quote from I think it's I don't want to get her name wrong, Annie Lamont. But basically, she said, you know, if if people wanted you to write warmly about them, they should have yeah, behaved better. Mm-hmm. I've seen that. I've yeah. Seen- so I was just like, all right, I'm telling my story. And this you're telling is, your experiences with those people. Yes. And I think that's is, important. You own everything that happened to you. Tell your stories. If people want to write warmly about them, then they should have behaved better. I right. think, and I think that that's important to note because even I fall, I'm not that way. Like I fall, fall in prey to be like, you know, I'm not that way. Why would he or she describe me to, the, but that was their that was perspective, right. their right. perspective, their experience with me. So, uh, yeah, it's important that you, that you bring that up. Yeah. yeah. Well, congratulations. Let that shit go. A journey to forgiveness, healing, and understanding love. Where can we find this book? 
So you can find it on Amazon okay. in paperback or Kindle. And I am in the process of doing an audiobook for it. Nice. And Ooh, you have a signing yeah. coming up in LA as well. I do. On October 1st, it's on Monday at the last bookstore in downtown. I am Iconic bookstore. That is. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm just like so excited, but honor. also so nervous. I'm going to try to make it. Mm-hmm. I would love for you guys to be there. I'm just, my dad's flying out for it. He comes <gasps> in tomorrow Has night. Has he read it? So, <laughs> so dot dot dot. No, he. I sent him a PDF of the book before I published it because I didn't want him to feel ambushed. Mm-hmm. And gotcha. with him and my mom, and I, I wrote an email to each of them, and I let them know, you know, I know this is going to be a difficult book for you to read mm-hmm. for many reasons, but I just want you to know that where we are right now is all that matters, and that I love you. I don't blame you for anything, and I'm mm. happy with where we are. So he was very transparent and wrote me an email and he was like, I could only bring myself to read the last few chapters, which are uh, basically about him and me. And so I was just like, which part of me was like, thank God, because he might murder people if he read some of the other chapters. These fuck boys. Right. (laughs) So he was just like, you know, it. It just pained me to hear that you were in so much pain and that I had anything to do with it. But yeah. if you're happy now, then let's just focus on that. That's good to have like, supportive parents. Right. From and Lebanon to right. a 14-hour flight. Right. <laughs> I know. It was really sweet that he's coming out. And I feel like it's partially because of maybe what he read and kind yeah. of feeling. Because, you know, everyone has Being their own. Being there for you emotionally. Right. Yeah. It's interpretation is what fucks us all up you know we all experience things differently even if it's the same situation and so with him i don't think he thought that i was taking it the way that i was or Mm -hmm. that i needed him the way that i did because i'm not gonna beg for you to be there i'm not gonna like ask you why aren't you calling why aren't you messaging me i'm just going about my life Mm -hmm. but he i guess and it was i mentioned it in the book there was a dinner conversation we had when he told my best friend you know, I always wanted to reach out to Bruna, but I felt like I would just be intruding. And in my mind, I was like, what? what? Like, I'm I would not daughter. mind if yeah. you would intrude. I'm your Please. child. Like, I'm, right. I'm, I'm, I'm an extension of you. I'm your child. Yeah. Right. So Ooh. it was quick but to see. Like, like that generational char. Like, it's, it's a generational I thing. just feel like to hell with all of that. Um, <laughs> because I'm not a romantic conquest or, or a sibling or a peer. I feel like if... You have a child and you witness that child in infancy and first steps and things like that. There should be a clear line of communication. Mm-hmm. That, now, but if it's with you, your sisters, your cousins, your brothers, your mama, your, like I said, your peers, that's different. But I just feel like when you bring a child into this world, the the lines of communication need to be open. And I don't understand. But that's I'm not the a parent. Part, right. But I'm not under, I, I don't I do not understand why parents are not good communicators with their children. Mm-hmm. I want to emphasize with their children, not with everybody else, but with your children. Yeah. yeah. It's a straight thing. I think it's very generational because it's I, a like thing? generational, a should thing. Like there should be more. Cause I think about, you know, my grandparents. I'm like, what? No, should <laughs> thing. I think about my grandparents with my dad and his siblings. Like there was a total disconnect. Yeah. And that still to this day, like affects their relationship. And my grandfather's dead, but with my grandmother like it's just completely like disconnected and so like for him i think if i wasn't so expressive to him he wouldn't mm-hmm. open up he wouldn't open up as much to me exactly because at the same time like they 
I remember when he got sick in the hospital, he had a pulmonary embolism, and I remember him apologizing to me and my sister for it. And I was Sick, like, sickness will do that. What to are you, you talking about? Because he was like, he felt bad that he was in this weak moment. I'm like, dude, like, did he you... change afterwards? Yeah, he did. And he's, he's That's become a lot better. But I think because uh, him seeing his kid, his kids seeing him in such a weak spot shook him to the core. Mm. Well, I, I get it. But I the, get it. He's, a, he's a Marine. Nothing and he's a means man. more than changed behavior. Right. I don't exactly. care what you have to Shout say. Shout out to Dad. <laughs> um, Give us those kudos, Char. So, yeah, before we get on up out of here, I have two things to address, actually. Um, the first <laughs> of which, though, is the KAT kudos of this week. All right, time for the Kiss and Tell kudos. So this week, I want to shout out the hashtag The Root 100. List um, of honorees is a reminder of the beauty and brilliance of blackness. Honoring the best and brightest of black America continues to be a revolutionary act. And so The Root is saluting 100 people. Um, What I wanted to highlight, though, was the LGBT black folks that made the list. And among them... I know this probably isn't everyone, but among them, from what I skimmed, I saw Michael Arsenault, Janet Mock, Lena Waithe, Janelle Monet, Arlon Hamilton, who Jace shouted out last week, Ira, hey, Ira Madison III, Kid Fury, and Tourmaline. I think that's how you pronounce her name. She's a trans activist. So yeah, K2, uh, KT Kudos goes out to them. Now, before we get out of here... Um, something was left out of the bulletin board that I did not catch until later and I would not be able to leave the studio without addressing it and it is surrounding one William Cosby. Huxtable. <laughs> so what I've saw, uh, seen on social media today in case you all were living under a rock Bill Cosby was sentenced to uh, for three to ten years in state prison for drugging and sexually assaulting Andrea Constan at his Philadelphia home in 2004 um he has been sentenced to quote unquote total confinement as opposed to house arrest and so of course with these feelings i saw a lot of cosby apologists emerge and a lot of them were black women um which was odd to me but i mean i'm not surprised but what i want to emphasize oh it was a white woman right yeah, I mean it's fifty something women, right? But right. Andre- and- so but is this for this one case, woman? Yeah, yeah. This is okay. for Andrea in '04. I think it's she had the most evidence. Everybody else was in the '70s and '80s and things yeah. like that. Interesting. So what I saw was a lot of people say that they would have it. They brought race into it, and I'm not right. saying that race isn't a factor, but we have to play into account that Cosby was a very rich, powerful, influential man who had a lot of access and. I also want to remind you all that just because people are black, just because these men are black, just because these women are black, just because these people are black does not mean that they are incapable of doing despicable, awful, horrible shit. Wrong is wrong. Wrong is wrong. Flat out. Period. (laughs) And I just I don't know. It just really upset me. First of all, I have to stay away today. I determined that I have to stay away from comments surrounding sexual assault because a lot of people are assholes and they just don't get it. And it really upsets. Mm -hmm. It really just disrupts my spirit. Um, and I don't like the comparison. Like, well, if his his white counterparts aren't paying the price, Weinstein, we haven't Donald seen, Trump, right. but we haven't seen Weinstein hasn't even went to trial yet. Right. And if you all remember, this Cosby thing is not an overnight sensation. We've been talking about this for four years mm-hmm. now. Yeah, so you wow. got to let st- this yeah. literally happened. Like it it hit the fan. I was, was reporting on until this. until New York and Ebony 2000- Magazine. 
2014. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's really all I have to say about that. Lock his ass up. Throw away the key. I see that his his mugshot, although very sad, he looks very sad in it. I, I just don't see how people are still being this obtuse in 2018 when we when things are so searchable, Googleable. The cold hard facts are there. This man They're was known. He called Quaaludes thigh gappers. He was drugging and sexually assaulting Ugh. women. That is the cold hard bottom line, girl. I don't know what else to tell y'all. And I just cannot stomach Cosby apologists based off of the fact that he's a either a black man or B because they have yet to disassociate Heathcliff Huxtable right. from Bill Cosby. Right. The father and we've been of going, black America. In the 80s. Not my father. <laughs> we've been going through this. Hashtag we've been going through father. this for <laughs> right. seriously. Hashtag not my father. Seriously. I get what he stood for, but also, I mean, Bill was awful in the nineties with his respectability politics. Mm-hmm. Tashina just shared at the NABJ meeting that he called the cast of Martin buffoons. Like it was like season two and she had never seen Martin sad up until that point. And it made her reflect on the ways in which we communicate and critique one another because Cosby did that. Like that was a trigger for her. And so it's just like, you know, this is the king of respectability politics and pull your pants up. Meanwhile, he's pulling his pants down and dropping thigh gappers in women's drinks. So I'm not interested in hearing any apologists or excuses for Cosby, especially if you're going to bring that argument you gotta you gotta have more death than race. You just have to. Because what I'm seeing is very dense. And like I said, black men are are capable of doing horrible things. And I'm tired of people acting like just because this man is an elder or was once revered in our community that he is immune to the BS. And finally, I don't see. My final point is I never see this energy, the same amount of energy garnered to black women who who do heinous things. I never see this whole this this sense of community, this rallying cry that mm. we have to stand by our own and all of this nonsense. So yeah, that's all I have to say on that. You guys can weigh in on that. Let me know what you think. It's just something that really got under my skin today on all social media. I thought it was just a Facebook thing, but I saw the girls on Twitter acting a fool mm, too. Because Facebook's a different different demographic. Facebook yeah, folk. yeah, it, it, but I'm saying when I yeah. posted this story to Facebook, of course I saw people coming out being idiots and from the abysmal pockets of the internet. Mm-hmm. But I never really see things like that on Twitter. And today, the girls on Twitter and especially on Instagram, of course, were acting a fool when the blogs were reporting on this. And it's just, it's, I don't, I don't, I'm not telling y'all how to feel. You can feel how you want to feel, but what I'm asking you to do is challenge your thoughts, research. Google is there. The cold hard facts are there. And white men have paid the price as well. You all are thinking of people who have not, well, I should say who have not yet. Yet. Like, for example, Woody Allen. He escaped. But there's also plenty of black men who have gone under the radar. I mean, I can think of black men in local communities, churches, principals, pastors, who have gone unpunished this entire time. So don't just try I, I, don't, I don't like Cosby being the poster child of civility and and people literally molding this case in this story like Plato in order to I guess fit their own opinions and agenda that's all I have right. to say Bruna thank you so much for joining us thank this you. week oh my gosh thank you for let having me let that shit go me. Amazon I can't wait to check out the book and thank you, you all where can we find you oh you can find me on Instagram at Bruna <laughs> Bruna because there are five A's B R U N A A A A A. Oh, girl. I know. I Bruna alone was taken. Or Twitter at Bruna Nessif, B R U N A N E S S I F. All right. Well, I will be, I'm, I'm actually really looking forward to checking out your book. Thank you. I wish it was an audio form, though. I have so many books to physically read that I'm like, I wish this was an audio form. Well, I didn't even know audiobooks was like 
that big, but everyone has been hitting me about that. So, yeah. but I have a very specific vision of how I want that to go. So it's in motion. Yeah. People use, I know I use them during my commutes. Like I listen mm-hmm. to a lot of podcasts, but I, I'm trying to get more into audiobooks because like I said, I have like four books of right. physical copies that I need to catch up on. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for joining us. Thank I you. really, really enjoyed you. Um, and that's going to wrap up this week's episode of Kiss and Tell Radio, guys. Be sure to participate on social media using hashtag kat radio i like seeing your responses also i'm at char says so jace is at jace baron we love seeing that also kt networks uh is our twitter handle um yeah love the participation be sure to send your questions in to uh kiss and tell as well because we're trying to get more questions and if you all have any suggestions as to who you want to see next on the show or here i should say next on the show be sure to let me know that and that's going to be it from us this week i love us for real talk to you next week bye guys (laughs) 